Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. No, I can't think of a more dynamic, more exciting thing for a believer than the relationship with Jesus Christ. Having a relationship with God can be exciting and dynamic. I can also think of something that is probably the most frustrating thing in a Christian's life, and that's the relationship with God. It can be both exciting and it can be both frustrating. Have you noticed that? Is that true in your life? I think if we're honest with ourselves, we would say, yes, that's true, that when we seem connected with God, it's exciting. Seeing answers to prayer, seeing God working in a wonderful way, but we can also say that sometimes our relationship with God can be really frustrating. So we've been looking at the whole issue of a relationship with God, friendship with God over the last few weeks. We're going to wrap it up today. And we're going to talk finally about how do you and I know for sure that we have a relationship with God? How, how is that evidenced in my life that I am connecting with God in a relationship? How can I see that in other people's lives? Now, you might be saying, well, we're not to judge other people's lives. Well, that's not necessarily true. There's a little bit of difference between judging people. There is an issue where you can look at a person's life who says that they're a Christian and you can see whether or not that's evidenced in their life. That's a little bit different than judging someone simply because maybe they got a habit or something that you don't like. There is a difference there. But uh, we're going to look today at John. John's going to be rather forthright in his writing here as he talks to us about the evidence of the relationship. And the evidence of the relationship really can be broken down into two ways. How it is evidenced in your relationship with God, as far as the issue of obedience, and then how it's evidenced in your relationship with others, as far as the issue of love. So let's notice with me verses 3 through 11 as we look at the evidence of the relationship concerning God. Now by this we know that we know Him. If we keep His commandments, He who says, I know Him, and does not keep His commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in Him. But whoever keeps His word, truly the love of God is perfected in Him, and by this we know that we are in Him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness has passed away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother... In him is is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness, and walks in darkness, and does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Let's look at this word together here, and think about what it is that Jesus 
is communicating to us through his word what the apostle is writing as he communicates that word to us, that new commandment. So let's look at two things here. First of all, our response to God. Look at verses 3 through 6. John is going to make a point here, and this is the first point I want you to see here, and that's this, that your life is a statement of your faith. Your life is a statement of your faith. He's saying here, notice what he says in verse 3. Now by this we know that we know him. Now the word know here, let me explain that a little bit to you. The word know here is an experiential knowledge. It is a knowledge which comes through a relationship. He's not using the word, there's another word for know that he could have used, which is a knowledge of facts. He's not saying that by this we know that we know about God. No, he's not talking about knowing about God. He's talking about you knowing God through experience. Here's how you know if someone knows God experientially. He's going to be obedient to God in his life. What's the point? The point is is that your life is a statement of your faith. See, you can go and say to people, Oh, I love Jesus. Oh, I just love Jesus. But then live like the devil... I'm going to be honest with you. What John is saying to us, the apostle is saying, and these are not my words, your life reflects what you truly believe. Your life reflects what you truly believe. So your life then is a statement of your faith. Now that's what, that really asks the question then, what is my life communicating? What am I communicating to the people around me? about my faith? What am I communicating to them about my knowledge of God, my intimate knowledge of God by my faith? Am I communicating the truth? Or am I communicating something else? Which brings us to the next one. If you look at verse 4 there, notice what verse 4 says. He who says, I know him, that is, I know him experientially, and does not keep his commandments, is a, what? A liar. And the truth, what is the truth? The truth of the gospel, the truth of salvation, is not in him. What's he saying here? Here's what he's saying. Empty words are nothing more than lies. You have a person who says, I love Jesus. And he talks the talk, but he doesn't walk it. There's a lot of terms for that. We usually say the term is a hypocrite. Is it not? John's a little bit more blunter than that, and he says, the guy's a liar. Wow. See, here's what he's saying. Here's what we need to understand. This is, this is the problem, I think, with North American Christianity. And I know, because I've pastored both in Canada now, and I've been here in the United States. And this is what I see as the problem in North American Christianity. We have compartmentalized everything. You hear it, you're, we're getting ready for the election. And you hear it on the, on the news that uh, really what I believe doesn't matter, it's the job I do. What I believe doesn't matter, it's the job I do. You've heard that with some of the candidates. It's not a question of what I believe, it's the job I do. Well, I'll be honest with you, what you believe is dictated to how you do your job. And so we have people who do the same thing. They'll say, well, I believe in Jesus. But you've got to understand, I'm in the business world, and in the business world, you do things this way. No, if you believe in Jesus, 
You're not going to do it according to the business world. You're going to do it according to Jesus. See, we have compartmentalized things. And so we, th- we can say that, oh, I believe in Jesus, but then live like the devil the rest of the week. But we come and we're okay for the hour. John says, the reality is, and this isn't me, this isn't George saying this, this is John. John says, if you say you know him and you don't keep his commandments, you're what? You're a liar. Ooh, what a word. I don't like that word. Do you like that word? I don't like that word, but that's the word he uses. What's he saying? Empty words are nothing more than lies. Nothing more than lies. Empty words are nothing more than lies. And so, John says that. He goes on in verse 5 then and he tells us, What is obedience? But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. And by this we will know that we are in him. Here's what he's saying. The love for God. The love for God is expressed in obedience. You want to say, oh, I love Jesus. Wonderful. Don't tell me your love for Jesus. Show me your love for Jesus. Well, see, how do I do that? Keep His Word. Be obedient to what He tells you in the Word of God. See, words, again, can be empty. And when they're empty, they're nothing but lies. But actions speak louder than words, don't they? And if I say to you, I love Jesus, you're going to examine me as to whether or not I, what? Truly love Jesus, or if it's something else. Some of you are saying, well, I don't know if I can take this. Is that really for real? You know what? There's somebody else who says it this way. Turn over with me to, to James, the epistle of James. James says the same thing except a little bit different. Look at verse 14 of chapter 2. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith and does not have what? Works. What does it profit, he says, for someone to say, I believe in Jesus, but he doesn't have the works of his life to show that? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of food, and one of you says to him, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you did not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is what? Dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Then he goes on and says this, you believe there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But what do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? What's he saying here? Don't just simply say, I believe in Jesus, I got saved, I'm okay. But you go on and live like the rest of the world. No change in your life. No concern for change in your life. Because the reality is, is if you truly love God, it will be expressed in obedience in your life. Now let me just stop for a moment. Because some of you would say, oh well, man, what about the normal everyday sins that I happen to stumble I, we're not, don't, don't, I'm, I'm making a general statement. We're not talking about sinless perfection here. 
But what we're talking about is an individual who says that they know God, but they continue in a pattern of sin with no thought at all about sin in their life. Oh, as far as they're concerned, they got the fire insurance thing taken care of. They're not going to hell. But they're going to live like hell the rest of their life. That's a little bit different than someone who is loving God, trying to be obedient to God, who stumbles and falls every now and then. So I just want to make sure I clarify that point to you. That what God is saying here through His Word, through the Apostle is, look, if you love me, then you express that love to me through obedience. Through obedience. And so the love for God is expressed in obedience. He then goes on in verse 6 and he says this, He who says he abides in me ought also himself to walk just as he walked. What's he saying here? The relationship, the relationship requires a life worthy of God. The relationship requires a life worthy of God. Here's what he's saying. Guys, If you say you abide in Him, that is, you have a relationship with Jesus, then you need to walk like you have a relationship with Jesus. You need to live your life like you have a relationship with Jesus. Let me delineate that a little bit for you. What does that mean to walk like you have a relationship or live like you have a relationship? You need to treat people like you have a relationship with Jesus. You need to do business like you have a relationship with Jesus. You need to work like you have a relationship with Jesus. You need to live your life like you have a relationship with Jesus. Why? Because the relationship requires a life worthy of God. Here, let me just say this. Take this point. If you don't like it, I'm sorry, but it's reality. Nothing was required of you for salvation except simply believing. But coming to salvation and coming to God now requires that because He paid the price for you, you live the life He wants of you. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't have a license to just do whatever you want to do. If you love Him, keep His commandments. That's what He's saying here. And that's the evidence. How do I know that I have a relationship with Jesus? How am I doing when it comes to obedience to His Word. Now, I understand we're not talking about perfection here, but if my life is marked by a downright disobedience, I don't care what His Word says, then there's a question of whether or not I really am saved. Does everybody understand? Because the heart will change. There's another evidence we see that in our response to others. And specifically there with regards to the issue of love. So notice with me verse 7. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. What old commandment is he talking about here? What he's saying here is this. This issue of our response to others is an old obligation. It is an old obligation. What is that old obligation? All the way back in the Old Testament, remember? The two greatest commandments. 
What? To love the Lord God with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind. We just talked about that. That love is expressed in obedience because I'm loving Him with my whole self. Now he gets to the next commandment. What is it? To love my neighbor, what? As myself. See, from the very beginning, there's been those two commandments. And remember what Jesus said. The whole law and prophets, everything hinges on those two commandments. Can I say this? And I'll say this. The Christian life hinges on those two things. Your love for God expressed through obedience. And number two, your love for others. It's an old obligation. It's an old obligation. It is an obligation that every one of us has here before God to love our neighbor. To love our neighbor. He then goes on and he says this, The command to love reflects the new life. The command to love reflects the new life. Notice with me verse 8. He says this, And again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. See, the command to love, which is that new commandment, reflects the new light. Remember Jesus, when you think about what John is saying here, you immediately go back all the way to John's Gospel. Chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16. And remember, chapter 13, Jesus said, A new commandment I give unto you, what? That you love one another. What's more important to him is whether or not you love one another. Why? Because in the very same chapter 13, he'll say this of John's Gospel, By this shall they know that you are my, what? Disciples, that you, what? Love one another. See, again, here's that evidence. How do I know that I have a relationship with Jesus? How do other people around me know that I have a relationship with Jesus? Because I love people. I love them. I have love for one another. So when you think about the community and they look at this church, how the community is going to know that this church really loves Jesus is not how religious we are. But when they look at that church, they'll say, man, those people really love each other. They really genuinely care for each other. That is a greater testimony than how many doctrines you know. Because nobody cares how many doctrines you know. You can have all the right doctrine. Remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13? You can have all knowledge, but if you don't have love, you have what? Nothing. And so he says, look, this command, this new commandment, reflects the new life. Let me ask you a question. How are you doing with that commandment? See, because at the heart of this commandment is selflessness. Every once in a while you'll hear people who come to church then they'll leave a church. And when you ask them, why did you leave a church? Well, nobody was meeting my needs. Nobody was there for me. You know how you answer that? You had a pronged perspective of church. You came with the presupposition to get something. God tells us to come with a presupposition of giving something. And what we're to give is love towards one another. And so, the commandment to love reflects what? The new life. The new life. 
Then he brings up this point in verse 9 through 11. Notice what he says. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Here's the final point that John's making concerning the evidence of our relationship with him. How you treat others reflects your faith. How you treat others reflects your faith. You say you have a relationship with God? Wonderful. You say you love Jesus? Great. Now let me see it and how you treat other people around you. You know what? I've been a believer now for 21 years. And, you know, and, and I've been in a lot of different churches. I've pastored two churches. And, and you, you've probably met folks like this. I've met some dear old saints. They've been, they've claimed to have known Jesus for a long, long time. They're really spiritual people. They'll raise their hand and they'll answer Bible questions and all this stuff. You've met people like that. But then when you look at who the, how they are with other people, there is a difference between what they profess and know and how they treat other people. They're just downright mean. They're downright ignorant. They're downright cruel. What does that say about their faith? Some of you probably have pictures popping in your mind. Sorry, didn't want to do that to you. But whether that's true or not, here's what I'm saying. Simply professing doesn't mean anything. It's what? The evidence of the profession in my life, which is expressed through obedience, and John is saying obedience specifically to this new commandment, what? That we love one another. So how I treat others, how I treat others reflects my faith. I want you to pay particular note to verse 11. You've got somebody who's pretty downright mean and nasty, and you've met folks like that, and they profess to know Jesus, but they are just plain old rude, and they'll hold grudges, and they'll stir up strife and fights and everything. You've met folks like that, and you and I have met folks like that. I want you to notice something here, because verse 11 says of what their true condition is. Notice what it says. But he who hates his brother is in the darkness, and walks in darkness. So understand something. They're walking in darkness. They can't see. And here's what it says. And does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. When you have somebody who's like that, it doesn't matter what their profession is, they are spiritually blind to their true condition. Because even if you talk to them, you notice even if you talk to them and say, boy, you know, you shouldn't really be treating people like that. Their response is, well, they deserve it. Think about that. They deserve it. If we all got what we deserved, we'd be where? You know what I mean? John says they're spiritually blind. See, how you treat other people reflects your faith. That's the bottom line. How you treat others reflects your faith. Hey, listen, how you treat others reflects where you are today in your relationship with God. Let's just take it to that little, take it one step further in our lives a little bit. Because, I mean, Peter says this, if my relationship is not right with my wife, then God doesn't even hear my prayers. 
Wow, is that true? Yes. All relationships have ebb and flows. You ever notice that? Ever notice that relationships have ebb and flows? So one moment you might be doing well with your sweetie, and then something will come up like that, and all of a sudden she's irritated at you, or you're irritated at her, or it's both. You're both irritated with each other. And it's just the ebb and flow of relationships, isn't it? It's like up and down. I don't know what it's like. It's just like that. We've got to deal with it. That's just the way it is. And you'll notice sometimes, and I've noticed this in the ebb and flows of my relationship with Lori, that when I pray, if my relationship with Lori is in the dip, because we're conflicting over something, when we conflict, when my relationship is in the dip, and I go and talk to God, I'm like, it's like a wrestling match in my prayer time because it's like something's wrong with my prayers. How we treat others reflects our faith. How you treat others reflects your faith. That's reality. See, those are the evidences. The evidences of the reality of the relationship in my life is, number one, that I'm obedient to His Word. Let me just stop for a moment. I said His Word, not some standard some guy set up somewhere. You can be defeated by that. I'm telling you, don't be. You just be obedient. It's hard enough just to do what His Word says, let alone all that other stuff. But it's evidenced by my obedience to Him, and then it's evidenced by my what? Response to others on the issue of love. So, here's what we need to do. Three things. First of all, ask yourself this question. Do you walk your talk? Oh, you tell people you love Jesus. Oh, you go to church. I'm a faithful whatever there. That's wonderful. You can tell people that. But the question is, do you walk it? Do you walk it? Hey, you and I have been in the workplace you know what it's like. you got some guy, the Holy Joe guy at work, who makes a big profession, maybe even brings his Bible to work or whatever, and then he is just like everybody else. What happens? He's mocked. People can't relate or understand him. you got to ask yourself the question, do you walk your talk? Do you? Or are you someone different? Oh, you're brother so-and-so and and sister so-and-so here. Thankfully, we don't use those titles here. Aren't you glad we don't do that? But you are somebody else somewhere else. Do you walk your talk? The other thing you've got to ask yourself is this. Is your life marked by love for others? Or do people cringe when they see you coming? Oh no, there they are! Let's get out of here. Because they don't want to be run over like a big steamroller. Is your life marked by love for others? Is your life marked by love? Ask yourself that question. Do you love others? And then finally, here's what you need to do. Examine the condition of your relationship with God. That's what John's saying to us. As we conclude this series on friendship with God, where are you at in your relationship with Him? Ask yourself that question.
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.